Hello and welcome to episode five of Jocks of All Trades. We got a lot of sports, we got some movie talk, some history, anything under the moon. Uh, I am your first sponsor, Connor Lynch. I'm your second sponsor, Tyus Welter. And we want to give a special shout out to our third and most important sponsor this week, Imperial Headwear. Promo code HEAB for 10% off. Let's go. I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. Okay, we are going to kick things off with our college football segment for today. Uh, overall, a pretty forgettable week in college football. Mizzou lost. The only notable thing in my eyes was that, that Kansas lost, no longer undefeated. So that was good. Um, but really, the, the thing we're talking about today is this upcoming week in college football. A lot of big games, a lot of matchups between undefeated teams in conference. So we've got Alabama at Tennessee, Penn State at Michigan, Oklahoma State at TCU, and then Utah's not undefeated, but we've got US, USC at Utah. So, Tyus, what uh, what are you most looking forward to? Those games, maybe one I didn't mention? Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, the sun rose in the east this morning. Taxes are due this upcoming April, and Mizzou lost a heartbreaking game that came down to the wire last week. So we're not going to belabor the point and, and bore you guys with some more Mizzou talk this week. Uh, of those games, I think I'm most excited for Penn State-Michigan. Part of that's probably just growing up in Big Ten country, but I think both those teams have shown that they can be really good, but I think there's still a lot of uncertainty around them versus like Alabama, Tennessee. We kind of know what Alabama is. Tennessee could be great. They could also get blown out. Or I think like this will really tell us if Michigan or Penn State is a contender, or maybe if they both are, or if neither one of them is. What, what are you most excited for? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i excited for that one a lot. I think both of those teams are like teams that have proven they win games, but like when you want the eye test doesn't make you think they're an elite elite team so it'll be interesting to see them go up against each other but the one i'm most excited about is bama at tennessee i've watched a ton of tennessee football this year i think they're really fun to watch uh bama's shown that they're they're maybe not as good as they've been in the past or at least as dominant as they've been in the past so just excited to see that that uh test there um but before we get too deep into the weeds here. We uh, What we're going to do this week is a little draft for the college football playoff. So at the beginning of the season, everybody thought there were just three teams, uh, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, that were locks, and then the fourth spot was up for grabs. But it seems like all three of those teams have kind of sh- come down to earth a little bit. It's a little more up in the air now. Uh, and we're doing this now because before this weekend where we get a lot more clarity, we want to leave some room for us to to make some really dumb takes here. So Tyus, we don't have enough of those as is. So yeah, let's let spice up the pot a little bit. Exactly, exactly. So Tyus, I'll let you decide. Do you want we're gonna snake draft? Do you want the first or the second pick? So if I take first, you get second three and I get four. Yeah. I'll take the first one. Okay. And so, yeah, we are, we're each going to draft six teams uh, that we think will slash can make the playoff. And once the playoff comes around, whoever gets more teams, um, you guys can think of a punishment for us, for the loser. So, all right, Tyus, who's it going to be first? All right, a lot of pressure on this one since I, you know, graciously gave it to myself. Uh, I'm going to go chalk here, and I'm going to take Alabama 
Uh, I do think, I think them and Georgia are both kind of a wash here. I think, you know, traditional powerhouses, all the five stars, um, both probably going to be in the SEC championship. I think, believe it or not, Alabama actually has an easier road to the SEC championship than Georgia, which I never thought I'd say that the SEC West is easier than the SEC East. Uh, but with Tennessee, Kentucky, um, along with Georgia, and even Florida's decent, like, who knows, that might be harder. Um, and so, you know, Mizzou loses heartbreakers, taxes are due, death, and then save it in the college football playoff. I'm taking Alabama. Yeah, yeah, can't, can't knock that pick. The only thing I have to say is they they just don't look the same. I don't know what it is. I, I'm not confident in them, and that's kind of why this is fun. Uh, and I'm not confident in really many teams right now. So, no, no. <laughs> so for my second pick, I'm uh, I'm going to take one that I am least confident in their competition. Uh, and this is a little out there. I'm going to take Clemson. Um, okay. They're undefeated. Their only real tests left are Syracuse and Notre Dame. Um, so a pretty easy schedule to go out. I don't think anybody in the ACC is on their level. Um, there's other options, but I'm taking Clemson with my first pick. Yeah. Uh, are you getting more confident in good old DJ at Clemson? Cause I, I know he's kind of struggled. That scares me a little. Yeah. I, so again, I am, there's ACC actually has a lot of good quarterbacks, but I, I think that Clemson is so far and away better than everyone else there. And I am more confident in DJ to the, to a, at least to a point where he can win them games. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay, and then my second team. I don't want to do it. I think they've looked shitty, but i got to take Georgia. Um, the fact that Mizzou hung in there, had the lead. Uh, Kent State fought them hard. I, I really don't think they're that good, but... They are who they are. I'd feel I'd feel dumb taking anyone else. Yeah, and you can just at least look back at that Oregon game week one where they just absolutely demolished them, like 45-0. Yeah. And you can at least convince yourself the old LeBron argument, like they're just going to turn it on when they need to. But um, it is a little sad that when you're thinking of bad wins that Mizzou came to mind before Kent State, but I'm not going to dwell on that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll go on to my picks then. Um, and when you start going down that little... Uh, you, you don't like their competition tirade for Clemson. I got nervous because the reason I took the first pick is because I really wanted USC. And I thought I'd get them at four or five. Uh, and the same exact argument as Clemson. I think they're clearly the best team in the Pac-12. UCLA does look good, so that could be a little tricky. But Lincoln Riley is just a master at getting into the playoff from the weaker, weaker conference. And so I think he's just doing that out West now. Um, electric offense, defense has issues. But again... If they go undefeated, you can't keep them out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point, and that's that was kind of my knock on them was they I think they do have to go undefeated. Um, I I think I think Clemson has to go undefeated as well probably, but I think they have a better chance. But um, they are going up in Utah this week, and Utah had a bad like they're four and two, but they can, I feel like they have the potential to just dominate the game. Uh, USC really struggled against Oregon State a couple weeks ago. They came out with the win, but I I think they're vulnerable. Um, they all yeah, like you said, UCLA's look good, and they have to play Notre Dame as well. So I love USC. I've been betting on them all season. I I honestly want them to make the playoff. I think they've got a chance, but definitely risk as with any of these. So sure, yeah, and just you know, I just remember watching Reggie Bush and Matt Leinhart back when I was like eight years old and first watching football. I just want that to be USC again. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I'm just wishful thinking here. Uh, but my next pick, 
I, I mean, I have to do it. I'm going to show my Big Ten bias here a little bit, I guess. Uh, and I'll take the Ohio State University. Uh, yeah. Nation for a reason. That's all I got. Yep. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. I'll, I won't don't have much to say about it because it'll kind of segue into my next uh, next picks here. But I'm going to take the university in Happy Valley. I'm taking Penn State. Dude. Um, I think what's super interesting here is Penn State, uh, Michigan, and Ohio State all play each other. We haven't seen any of those games yet, so there's a mm. lot to go uh, back and forth on here. But I love Penn State's white uniforms. They, we haven't had the whiteout game. They're at a huge advantage when they get the whiteout game. Uh, Sean Clifford's still their quarterback, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. and he's. I, I was just making sure he didn't get hurt. I knew he was at the beginning of the year. But uh, he's, again, just veteran quarterback, knows how to win games. So I'm taking Penn State with my first one or my third one. And I, I'm going to take Tennessee as my next pick. I, I like them. Um, um, again, I'm probably getting a little too close to home with just the teams I like right now. But Herndon Hooker, <laughs> really good. I think they're going to beat Bama this week. Uh, and then after, after that, I you know, they, what's tough about this pick is they've got to probably beat Georgia in the regular season to make the SEC championship. So I, I think it's going to come down to that, but we'll see. I'm taking Tennessee. Yeah, that was my concern with Tennessee. Is I do think they're legit, um, but just the stretch they have to go through. And I, I'd be shocked if they go undefeated in the regular season. Um, and yeah, if they don't, they're probably not making the SEC championship. So that's the kiss of death. Probably, maybe not, hasn't always been. Um so, yeah, it, my question for you at Tennessee is if Josh Heupel, former Mizzou offensive coordinator, is the head coach at Mizzou now, is Mizzou ranked in the top 20? Oh, no chance. No chance. Uh, I, I like so. Heupel. He get, Tennessee's way easier to recruit to. It, it's also not a totally cursed institution. So, um, yeah, no chance. Mizzou's I just needed cursed. to hear that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so my picks are going to be – so I'm getting my next two picks on my board, which, you know – is making me excited. I'll go just kind of continuing down the poor conference, easiest chance to go undefeated uh, route here. And I'll go Oklahoma state uh, kind of been knocked on the door for a few years. I think, you know, it's pretty clear. Everybody else in the big 12 is cheeks. I don't believe in TCU. Um, I mean, if Kansas is five and oh, I don't believe in the teams they've been playing. Texas and Oklahoma have shown their week. Uh, I think this is the year Oklahoma state. They've been on the precipice. They get it done. Yeah. I, uh, I hate the pick. I hate the pick. I like Spencer <laughs> Sanders. I hate the pick. Uh, the Big 12 is just a uh, incestual group where they're all just going to fuck each other, Tyus. They, all of these teams are just – let me read to you uh, Oklahoma State's next four games, okay? okay? At TCU, I don't know home or away, Texas, K-State, and Kansas. Those are four four ranked teams, four hard games. I think it's going to be hard for them to win all four. I don't – None of these teams seem like they're good enough to to win out. I think each of them are going to fall one or two times. So I'm staying away from the Big 12. Don't like the pick. But not because I don't think Oklahoma State's a good team. I do think they are. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I you got to take some risk here at this point anyways. But right. I think if there's an incestuous union, no one's better uh, set up to succeed there than someone from Oklahoma. So I'm taking the Cowboys. <laughs> uh and then my next pick is going to be, I'll just kind of double down on the Pac-12 uh, and, you know, cover my ass here a little bit. I'll take UCLA, uh, other undefeated team. 
Chip Kelly, people forget, was really good at Oregon uh, a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that, Connor. <laughs> um, and good for the Eagles for one year. Uh, so, yeah, maybe he does it again. I don't know. What the hell? Yeah, I UCLA's offense is really fun to watch. That DRT guy, their quarterback, just electric. Mm. Um, Chip Kelly's fine. I, I was definitely going to take UCLA in my turn here. Uh, if, yeah, if, I'm showing my Big Ten bias again. USC and UCLA, both of them. Yep, yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm going to take one. I just took Penn State last time, so this one doesn't make a ton of sense, but I'm taking Michigan. Uh, just covering oh, my bases. <laughs> I just assume they've been taken. <laughs> uh, um, I think, you know, I think there's a decent chance two Big Ten teams make it um, to the to the playoff. Not a shoe-in, but I'm going to take Michigan there. Um, and then for my sixth, did you have any thoughts on that? No, I like literally just forgot they were still on the board. Okay. So that, makes me feel, that makes me feel better about it. I was <laughs> concerned there. Okay. My sixth and final pick, so you, we're kind of approaching this two different ways. I think you went this more easy conference, highest chance if they win out to get in. I'm an opportunity, yeah. yeah. And I'm going uh, with another undefeated team in a good conference that I think with one loss could still make it in, and that's Ole Miss. Um, Lane Kiffin, they, he's got the boys playing. Uh, their offense is really good. They were close with Vanderbilt to like the first – to like halfway through the second quarter and then they just put the gas on and won by like 30 i know bringing up a, a good vanderbilt win isn't uh isn't the, <laughs> the key there but th- they have a weaker schedule i think than most of the other sec teams they only have alabama and mississippi state are the only two ranked teams they play the rest of the year so in my eyes if they can beat bama uh they have a really good chance at winning the west getting to the sec championship and then from there i, I think they could get in so yeah, and hard not to believe in a quarterback named Jackson Dart. Uh, oh, so, yeah. elite name, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, last I'm really one. glad about Michigan. What's that? Last one for you. You got one more pick. Is this the last one? Yeah. Uh, well, I think I better just double down on my undefeated picks here um, and go for a team that I think can maybe squeeze out an undefeated regular season, uh, and that's going to be James Madison. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to go – I'll go – I will do the undefeated thing, though, and I'll go Syracuse down at 18, um, similar to your Clemson pick. I think they're frisky enough for maybe they upset Clemson, and if they do, pretty good chance they're they're walking the ACC championship game undefeated. So, well, they do play Notre Dame, too, but I'll, I'll take them. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I like Syracuse. Get another team I bet on a decent amount. Decent amount. It's hard to knock the pick because we're we're at a crapshoot at this point. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So recap: I've got Clemson, Georgia, Penn State, Tennessee, Michigan, and Ole Miss. You've got Bama, Ohio State, USC, Oklahoma State, UCLA, and Syracuse. So fun stuff. We'll see who gets more teams and. Uh, to think that we have Syracuse in this list, if we would have drafted at the beginning, uh, <laughs> nowhere close. So uh, we'll see what happens. Excited to hear what the listeners say for our punishment. We ain't getting busted for using weed. All right. We're going to get going with a little pop culture, random internet segment this week. Uh, and this week, in a land-breaking uh, you know, update from Washington, D.C., Joe Biden has, I believe, pardoned anyone incarcerated for weed possession connor is, is that what happened or what's going on with biden and weed yeah i uh honestly i don't know i'm not sure he knows either but yeah i think he's just trying to trying to make weed cool again 
Yeah. So there's some news with with Pot and in the uh, White House, and it's not Kamala Harris, believe it or not. So <laughs> so we uh, what we're gonna do uh, for our hypothetical this week is you know. Connor and I, we both studied strategic communication in college. You know, we, we think of ourselves as advertisers. Uh, so we came up with a couple of campaign slogans for political office uh, that are totally based on, you know, the issue of legalization of marijuana. Um, so, Connor, why don't you give us your first slogan? Yeah, uh, my first one is going to be, weed my lips, no more prison. <laughs> George Bush, right? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm going to go with two other former presidents' um, campaign slogans, a little twist on them. My first one is, yes, we cannabis. Uh, and that's off Obama's, yes, we can. Yes. My next one uh, is, I think you'll get this one, uh, make America baked again. That is good, yeah. Is that Trump, maybe? I, 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 I couldn't remember. It was just in my head. Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll keep going based off uh, this this idea of actual plays off old political slogans. I've got smoke the fern. <laughs> what old oh, that's slogan? a that's a playoff. <laughs> Feel the burn, baby, Bernie Sanders. Ah. <laughs> uh, and my I think my last one uh, of that variety is just joints exclamation point. Is that Jeb Jeb Bush. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. When you said smoke that fern was an old one, I was thinking like James K. Polk or like somebody like super old. I was like, how <laughs> fun? Uh, oh, man. Those are good, though. Uh, my next one, uh, I'll give you two since we've been going two and two. Um, some kind of political terminology puns. I'm going to go with this pack is the loudest. Um, and pack being like PAC, Political Action Committee. Ooh. Uh, smoking that loud pack. Uh, and then my other one is bring joint action to Washington. Joe Biden could put that on a billboard and it would it would not no one would think anything of it. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, I've got one. Puff puff gas. Prices are too high. <laughs> um and then I've got build bongs better. Ooh. Okay, nice. That actually leads me to my next one. Uh, just my favorite Supreme Court case of all time. I think it's Frederick versus Massey or something like that. Uh, bong hits for Jesus. Yeah, let's get into that. I thought I thought about that one too. The little school kids put the put it out on the laundry sheet or whatever. Get suspended. Yeah, it shows I'm in favor of free speech too, which is you know my whole political ticket. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, I think I've only got like two more. Um, okay. One of mine is the Green New Deal. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. That's clever. That's clever. Thank you. Uh, you might get AOC on your side too. Yeah, it's a play. That. that one. So I don't know if you picked it up. That one's a play on colors because marijuana is green. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, you go, and then I'll give my last one. Okay. Yeah, I got three more, so I'll give you two here. Um, my first one is you know weed in other parts of the world called hashish uh so i think just go into the tiktok and just go ha sheesh <laughs> you know what yeah i like it yeah uh and then another one i have that i like is 
Now, this one's predicate. You had to have Tom Petty as your vice president if you're running for this one. Um, but okay. it's just let's dance with Mary Jane instead of last dance with Mary Jane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I that's not too far fetched of a world where where Tom Pre- Tom Petty's on the ticket. So I like that. <laughs> I one. OK, my my last and final one is you can't spell health care without THC. Mm, that is good. That is good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, you... you I got one more. Oh, one, one more. more. All right, make uh, it good. Oh, jeez, that's a lot of pressure now. Uh, that's okay. Um, so my last one is just simply, it's either this or more taxes. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, uh, if we're ever running for political office someday, look us up. Uh, and uh, that's our random internet segment. All right, we are going to get going with our movie segment this week. Uh, Thank you to our listeners for all the great feedback over our analysis of Blonde last week. Uh, And this week, the hypothetical is pretty straightforward, so we're just going to dive right into it. Connor, the question is, um, would you rather, we're going to do this or that, would you rather be single or in a relationship? But to be in that relationship, you have to pick up X hobby. So we're going to give each other some some kind of unusual hobbies or activities and we'd say yes i would do those in order to date someone okay i think uh i think we couldn't have had a more desperate podcast when it came to this question so it'll be interesting to see what we do but uh go ahead yeah i just want to get ahead of this my answer is yes to all of all of your options (laughs) right yeah that's what i'm afraid of but go ahead hit me uh hit me with your first one tyus okay my first one uh a little debatable if it's a hobby or not uh, but i'm gonna say farming um, you know, it's not like that out there or weird, but like, would definitely be some work for you. Um, so yeah, would you get on the farm, milk some cows, feed some pigs, uh, for a lovely lady? Okay. So this is one where, am I like a full-time farmer or is this like, you know, one every, every Saturday morning I go out and farm for a few hours? Yeah. It's like a hobby. So you do like an hour a day or like once every couple of days. Okay. I would do that for sure. I think like genuinely i kind of enjoy mowing the lawn and like doing some some yard work you know the beer after you get done doing that always tastes so good um depending on what you're doing throw in some headphones listen to music or a podcast and just get to work uh i i would love to actually pick up farming as a hobby even if a girl wasn't attached so yeah i would i would pick up farming for a girl for sure yeah, and she, you know, she'd probably listen to some Kenny Chesney with you while you're out there, you know, oh, yeah. feeding the chickens. I, all I'm thinking about is that Farmer's Daughter song. I think it's Rodney Atkins, maybe, but yeah, oh, yeah. I would do it for sure. Um, <laughs> okay, my first one for you is going to be long distance running. Would you pick up long distance running, going for a few mile runs multiple times a week if it meant you could get a girl? Mm. yeah this is a good one and this is gonna be a good segue into my next one because i i have a similar one uh i think i would um under the condition that like we'd be running together so like i could like talk to her because i think my biggest issue with long distance running other than you know just being a lazy piece of shit um is that it gets boring after a while like if you're running for a long time it's 45 minutes of just you know you can listen to a podcast and i guess that's great but it's hard to focus when you're running. So if we're talking together, um, yeah, you know, it gives me a girlfriend, makes me healthier. What's what's to lose there? 
as long as we're not doing it on like Thanksgiving and stuff. I'm, I'm not doing that. Oh yeah, like the turkey trots. Yeah, <laughs> those are too far. Um, dude, yeah, I, this one was, yeah, I was thinking for me, good point about talking. I was going to say it's just so boring. Like it may be the most boring thing you can do and you don't, I, yeah, it's, I'm always miserable while I, whenever I try to run. Um, but to me, I can't talk and run at the same time. It's probably because I'm just fat and out of shape. But like <laughs> I literally, and but it's not just that. Like it's like pick up basketball. It's hard for me to do or like any physical activity. I don't like talking during. So, okay. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm running slow enough where we're going to be able to talk. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> we're not training for the Olympics here. <laughs> Okay, we'll uh, segue into yours. What do you got? Yeah, so my next one, because uh, I want to take it up a notch over long distance running, uh, and mine is CrossFit. I, okay, here's the thing. I would do it, but I don't know if I can. You know, like <laughs> okay. I, I genu- every time I see CrossFit, I I just, I'm not strong or fast or in shape. Um, so it would take a long way. Like, if you if you put, <laughs> if you put me in the position right now where like I had to go on a first date with a girl to a CrossFit gym, like I just couldn't do it. I it wouldn't work. So I I think I have to say no. Um, also okay. the stigma of CrossFit too. It's like oh look at that fucking CrossFit loser. Um, that's way different than running. So I'm gonna say no on CrossFit. I'll find myself a girl who doesn't doesn't need me to do that. That was like if the question was basketball and you'd said, you know, I'm not good at dribbling, passing or shooting. So I don't, I don't think this one is for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm but yeah, that was going to be my point was that just like the personalities in CrossFit and like, you know, I know people that do CrossFit that are good people. Um, but it's just like, I, that's like, that's your whole life and people are annoying about it. Yeah. And you have I don't to know post if I posted on Instagram like every day too. Yeah. You just have to post your sick abs, man. Like right. I don't want to be that guy. Um, okay. My next one, again, this might not like be a prototypical hobby, but would you routinely attend youth choir or band concerts to pick up a girl? (laughs) So she's like the conductor and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like she like runs like a middle school, like choir band class. And so you have to go maybe once every other week to like listen to shitty middle schoolers. Perform. Every other, every other week, no. If it's like once a quarter, I could suck it up and like zone out for two hours a night. Um, but no, as someone who spent a lot of time around middle schoolers and loved them to death, uh, no, the band thing sounds sounds miserable. I I, I would not I would not do that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I agree. I agree. Uh, my next one for you uh, is slam poetry. Would you pick up slam poetry for a girl? Oh hell yeah. Yeah, that's as again, all of this depends on like how much you have to do it. But I think that's one thing that I could go into with like a this is really dumb, but I'm gonna make the most of it mentality and actually like have a decent time. You can't do that with like running or CrossFit. You know what I mean? Like you can't be like, Oh, this like I can make this fun because it's just not. But slam poetry, I feel like you can there's enough creativity leeway to to turn it into a good time. Yeah. Lay down some bars. I if if you're giving slam poetry, I'm 100 percent there in the audience, listening and heckling all of the above. Oh, um, yeah, it's like one. Of the, it's like a classic thing. If something like seems kind of lame, if you just lean into it and like, okay, like I'm gonna be reach its level of goofiness and like not care, then it's so much fun. But if you're like, oh, this is lame, then 
you're just lame. Exactly, uh, yeah. I like that answer. Completely agree. Okay. Um, my next one is going to be uh, the hobby is cats. And so to act on that hobby, you have to cat sit um, for like one to two hours a night every Monday through Friday. So on your weekends, you don't have to worry about the cats. But it's basically, would you own a cat? I'm, I'm every every day. Yeah, would you own a cat okay. for an hour a day? See, I if it wasn't for the everyday part, I was gonna say yes because I've recently had a conversion towards cats. I mean, I've always been a dog guy, um, but one of my roommates had a cat a couple years ago, and that thing was just delightful. It was so much fun, uh, and like you know, kind of fun to watch around. Uh, so I don't, I I'm pro cat now, um, but that's just like a chore at that point. So um, that's what if I what if I said that it's like you don't have to make sure you're feeding it and stuff. You 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 just have to like hang out with a cat for an hour a day. Or a cat has to be around. You do that. Like, yeah, so I think All the bigger issue... Ability gone. Okay, but like, so I have to just like drive to the house and just like sit with the cat for an hour? It's at like your house. It's oh, good. you own yeah. a cat without responsibility. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay. I would not. Would you say no? No. <laughs> Cats gotta go. They scare me. They're creepy and sneaky. Ugh. No. <laughs> Yeah, not no kittens for Connor. Um, my next one is gonna be. So you said you're gonna lean into the goofiness. Here's your chance to put your money where your mouth is. Uh, LARPing. Do you know what LARPing is? Oh yeah, live action role play. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Jeez, dude. No, I would not do it. <laughs> All I can think about is, you know, I think it's like that. Is it Operation Repo or whatever? That old like TV show where the the repo guys go out and try to like repossess shit, and the the guy went into this little like LARP scenario in the woods, and he's like, "Give me your car, like I need to repossess the car," and all the LARP people treat him as like a character, <laughs> so just, like, screaming at all costs, "Protect the wizard!" And they're just like going nuts, like trying to like plastic sword this repo guy uh and that shit is like one of the funniest videos i've ever seen um but those guys the people that are doing it are complete and total losers no offense to any of our larp listeners out there um i would not i would not larp for a girl <laughs> would you? no 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 i wouldn't um okay i've i've just got one left Okay. Um, would you pick up ballet dancing? Um, you know what? So not ballroom dancing, ballet dancing. Yeah. You know, I think I would, uh, solely for the reason that I feel like growing up every time there's a feature story on some famous athlete, those maybe a bigger guy, offensive lineman, David Ortiz, uh, they talk about how they picked up ballet when they were a young kid. And that's why their feet are so agile. Um, and so I think ballet would allow me to be a better pick a basketball player or better tennis player. Um, or yeah. So, and it could be kind of cool, you know, uh, getting in touch with my feminine side a little bit. So I, I think I would, would you? And ballet dancers are hot. So, so yes. Ding, 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 ding. That's what I was, <laughs> was going to be really disappointed if you didn't, didn't uh, get to that point. And like ballet dancing, there's immediate payoff of like, you're getting to get, close and physical with a woman, which is something that neither of us have much experience with. Um, so yeah, I, I would pick up ballet dancing, but I don't think I'd be very good at it. Yeah. And can you imagine like busting out like a little like 
plie in front of the boys next time you're all back together, like a like a party trick. Yeah, they'd go nuts. Like, well, what the shit? Where'd you learn that? <laughs> so my awesome girlfriend. That's how. Um, so my my last one. I only have one more too. Um, is motocross like competitively driving dirt bikes? And so we're going under the assumption that this girl is like a motocross girl. Yeah. Okay, because hobby-wise, I would pick up motocrossing. Like that seems pretty cool, fun to do every once in a while. Go off some sick jumps. Um, motocross girls, though, I don't know if I have much experience other than that Disney Channel original movie with the girl. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I don't know the name, but I know what you're talking well, about. I think it's called motocrossed or something. I don't know. It's uh, crossed like like past tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Crossed lovers. She was a little weird, but I'd probably date her still. <laughs> Just kidding. Not her. I mean, she's like 13. She's, she's old now, dude. She's old enough now. I'm talking about current state. Um, I really don't know. I, I would say yes, because I'm assuming that I'm into this girl, and that's why I want to pick up motocross. I think the hobby is pretty cool, so yeah, I would do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the real answer to any of these is if you really like the girl, it's worth trying. Um, I would say no purely from just like a risk factor. Like, it was just, like, so lame. But I know I would break several bones often. I'm really bad with, like, kind of, like, high-intensity risk stuff. Um, so I would not look very manly in front of her. And I don't think our relationship would last long. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, do you want to unveil the movie that we are alluding to, Tyus? Yes. Let the illusions fall away to reality. Um, our movie is Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, wonderful film. Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, star-studded. I think Robert De Niro's in it as well. But Bradley Cooper famously picks up ballroom dancing, um, and he hates it at first to get with Jennifer Lawrence, even though he's not realizing that's why he's doing it. He's doing it to get with another girl. But I think the the idea applies. Yeah, yeah. This was one of those movies where, like, I had heard about it, and I just saw it on Netflix and, like, clicked play without really knowing much about it. And I always just thought it was like a straight rom-com, but it's like a little darker and like slower and, you know, like more substance to it than I thought it was. And for that reason, I think like, because I was surprised, I didn't like it that much, but I'd almost like to go back now, now that I know what I'm getting and watch it through that lens, because I think I would like it a little more. Jennifer Lawrence is awesome. And, uh, Big Eagles fans, right there for you, Tyus? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to dislike it no matter what, just because of that. Um, but I kind of had a similar experience. I think that made me like it more, that I was kind of expecting it to just be a basic rom-com, but that it has, like, the depth and kind of, like, the psychology of going through, you know, tragedy and then, like, you know, leaning on others to get you out of that. Um, and... I don't know. It's just like, I think it's a movie that makes you romantic about romance. Like oh. it's not just like, Oh, it's cool that they fall in love. Like it's like all the things about falling in love that make it special. Again, not that we have a lot of experience in that department, <laughs> but it's, it's cool. Like everything that's like building up to like, you know, they're going to end up together, but neither one of them realize it. And it's, it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I guess to clarify, I do, I did think that the, the way they did the movie was really cool. I think the only reason I said I didn't like it as much is because I was probably just in one of those moods where I'm just like, looking for something a little mindless and like trying to laugh and and look at a hot actor and a hot actress 
kick it off, you know? So how could you not? And the, the Robert De Niro, like losing all his money on bets scenes probably hit a little close to home to you too. I imagine those were my favorite parts for sure. Uh, (laughs) but okay. Well, yeah, that was movie talk. And, uh, shit. What do you say, Connor? Is is it time for a sports roundup? I think it is. Uh, so our random sports news of the week. Uh, we're getting in the NBA a little bit, uh, dipping our toes into other ponds. Uh, and other pools, you might say, uh, because the big story is out of Golden State and the Warriors, uh, where Draymond Green, it's all over the news, uh, punched teammate Jordan Poole uh, in the middle of practice, seemingly unprovoked. We, we don't really know why. Uh, so as you know, two you know, intense investigative journalists like Connor and myself, we're going to try to get to the bottom of this, and we're going to try to figure out what are some things that Jordan Poole might have said to Draymond Green to get him to punch him in the face. So, Connor, I'll let you go first. What's one thing you think Jordan Poole might have might have said? Yeah, so you know, this is this is mostly speculation. It's just things that you know I could see happening. Uh, and the first thing, like the first thing that popped into my mind to get Draymond Green to punch Jordan Poole like that was if Jordan Poole said Ana de Armas just isn't that hot. I think that would get Draymond to swing. It'd get me to swing. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Uh, let's see. Um, Mine is kind of a similar one. Uh, it's he's just saying, "Yo, Kansas might go undefeated this year." Yep, that would that would ruffle me up. Maybe we should hire Kim Anderson. Ooh, ooh. Uh, maybe he said, "I'll say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow in 2017." <laughs> um. So one thing that like would really irritate me is if someone said. I miss the progressive commercials with flow. <laughs> yeah, that's all bets are off at that point. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I have, it's Yanni, not Laurel. <laughs> the, no, no, no. It's a bl- it's blue and black, not gold and white. <laughs> oh, He's man. black after that. <laughs> uh, what about new Taylor Swift is better than old Taylor Swift? Ooh. See, some people might agree with him, though. Yeah, but not Draymond. <laughs> Draymond's country Taylor guy? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Doesn't Draymond Green just exude big country music fan to you? Yeah, totally. He is the encompassment of fearless, 100%. <laughs> uh, I have the jerk store called. They're running out of you. Oh, God, what a zinger. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've got something that's that's not necessarily uh, something he would have said, but something he did, and that is, you know, maybe in practice they had a scrimmage, and near the end of the scrimmage, uh, Jordan Poole got an offensive rebound off of a free throw, but he didn't know exactly what the score was, so he kind of just held on to the ball, thinking that they were winning, but really they were losing the game, and he didn't pass it to their superstars, and so then Draymond Green got really mad. Yeah, I think like Draymond Green, usually that, that would make him happy. I think that's something that would be good memories for him, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> J.R. Smith, for you for you low moron audience members. <laughs> uh, all right, my next one is 
uh, maybe, you know, someone just asked him, what's the score of this drill that we're doing? And he said, oh, we're up three to one. That would bring back some, some that would hit a sore spot. Uh, okay, my last one, and this is not particular to, to the people in this, but just something from personal experience that I know can get someone to swing. And that is Jordan Poole called Draymond Green a baby back bitch. Mm, yeah, I... I think that might be the first one that I actually might have. Had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, my last one is he says, what are you going to do? Drop me like you did that pass in that Michigan State spring game you played in that one time several years ago. <laughs> Rolls off the time. Yeah, that, oh, just a quick hitter. Like nothing stings like that. Owie. Uh, but yeah, those are our chirps from Jordan Poole to Draymond Green. And that's going to conclude probably the dumbest segment we've done in the history of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, do what you want to do. Well, if you like chocolate cake um, and you eat a piece uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And then... Uh, you need to, you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's. All right, we're going to get started with our NFL segment. So as per usual, going to get started with some Chiefs and Eagles talk. Tyus, I'll let you take it away. Uh, Three-point win for the Eagles over the Cardinals. What are, what are you feeling? Yeah, a 20-17 to 17 victory. And, you know, just good things happen for Philadelphia football when the numbers 20 and 17 are together. That's the year he won the Super Bowl. Uh, so maybe a little preview for this year. Um, I don't know. I I didn't actually get to watch this game, so I don't have much. Uh, the injury trouble is a little concerning concerning to me with the offensive and defensive line. Uh, I don't think we looked great from what I saw afterwards, but we find ways to win. Um, and so you know you can't be upset about that. Um, still confident in Hurts. Still confident in Sirianni. Um, I'm definitely a little nervous about how easy our schedule is. Uh, I think we're seeing the Jags maybe weren't so good. Um, and the Vikings, you know, have limitations. So I don't think we've played anybody that great yet. I don't think we do for the rest of the year, except for maybe the Cowboys might actually be good, which sucks. Um, so I don't know if I feel great that we could beat the Chiefs or the Bills, um, but I'm excited to even be wondering about it at this point. So so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I saw Jalen Rager scored a touchdown this week for the Vikings. So Shut up. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cardinals are bad. I saw the Eagles only uh, – they've only beat one team with a winning record, and that was the Vikings. So, like you said, schedule has been pretty easy. But, yeah, I haven't looked in the future too much. But I, I would imagine they're not playing the, the toughest of competition going out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the Chiefs, man. Monday Night Football. Get down 17 nothing. I feel like this happens a lot. Um, the Chiefs either come out, like, super hot and get out to a 14-point lead – or they come out dead and fall behind by 14 points. Um, but I think the biggest thing, the, the biggest takeaway from this is that as a fan, I know it, and it's clear that the world knows it, that no matter what the deficit is in the first half, everybody believes that the Chiefs are going to come back. We were down 17 to nothing, and the Chiefs were only like plus two and a half at that point for live betting. So everybody thought we were going to come back and win. Once it got to 17-10, we were favorites again to win the game. Or uh, 17-7, we were favorites again to win the game. 
So it uh, it just feels good to have that. Like you know, there there's very few sports teams in life that you like have supreme confidence in, no matter how the game's going. Uh, so that was awesome. Mahomes looked great. Kelsey seven catches, like twenty five yards and four touchdowns. I think that's got to be the highest uh, touchdown to yard ratio we've ever seen. Um, so that was awesome. Fun game. Uh, yeah, keep on rolling, rolling, rolling. AFC West. We dominate. I think we're like 33-5 and five in our last 38 divisional games. So, man, it's a good good day to be a Chiefs fan. But. Yeah. Uh, that's just because your division isn't as strong as the NFC East right now. Um, I will but, say uh, one, one other thought on that. The roughing the passer call at the end of the first half was oh, maybe yeah. maybe the worst call I've ever seen. We had the one with the, the Tom Brady uh, and the Falcons. Uh, that was bad too, but this was just, it's its getting out of hand, and I sent it into my group text of Chiefs fans, like right after that happened, it was right before the half, and I just said that we're going to get so many calls in the second half, and we kind of did. There were a lot of calls that went our way in the second half, so it's one of those, like the crowd went crazy after it, uh, the boys were buzzing, and, and the refs kind of made up for it in the second half to help us get the win, so... Yeah. Yeah. That's one where I get like the spirit of the rule a little bit. Like I still think it's a terrible call and like a terrible rule that that's a penalty, but like, I get like why, you know, in an age of trying to protect a quarterback, they might have that included. Uh, but you just, you gotta call it something other than roughing the passer when the quarterback doesn't pass the ball. How could that be roughing the passer? I agree. I agree. And that's, that's my biggest thing on these sacks. It's like, okay, they, they're, running the ball granted they're sitting still but you don't call like if a if a linebacker just levels a running back and buries them into the ground that's not a penalty and that's just as like forceful and dangerous as a quarterback i get protect the quarterback value of the league all that but i completely agree and in this case chris jones literally was possessing the ball before he landed on him like he had the like full possession of the ball before he he put his weight into tackling uh Derek carr so yeah not not much to be said. The, the the refs made up for it. Carl Sheffers is a is a real bloke, but uh, you know we uh, we got the dub. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. You could argue Chris Jones is the one that got roughed on that play, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. All right. Well, that, I think that covers that, and we can move on to our least surprising surprise of the week. Do you want to go first or second, Tyus? Uh, yeah, we we're talking about the Chiefs. My least surprising surprise has to do with the Chiefs game, so I'll go first. Uh, my least surprising surprise this week is that an Adams is catching flack for assaulting the media after aggressively targeting Chiefs. So in the Monday night game, obviously, you know, big news story, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the, in the league, he's getting sued, fined, and, and maybe even suspended for shoving a cameraman to the ground after, you know, the loss to Kansas City. And so that, you know, of course, reminds me of former president John Adams, who failed to win a second election largely because of the Alien and Sedition Acts of 1798. And so you might be asking, Connor, what are the Alien and Sedition Acts? What, what are they, Tyus? Oh, good question. Uh, so these are two laws that he passed. Uh, the Alien Act, in which he raised the bar for, any, for acquiring citizenship from five years to 14 years for any non-citizens living in the United States at the time, uh, which would have been Native Americans, chiefs. Uh, and then the Sedition Act, made it a crime for the press to, and I'm quoting here, print, utter, or publish any false, scandalous, or malicious writing about the government. Um, and so just like his predecessor, John, 
Devontae Adams said, get out of here, cameraman. You're showing bad things about me getting bodied by Hunter Renfro. Uh, so that's my least surprising surprise. And Adams is catching flack for assaulting the media. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Adams, that was unacceptable. Um, uh, just just tough to see. Good, goodly surprising surprise. Uh, mine this week, uh, the thing that was mostly surprising to me was that there were a bunch of Patriots wearing all red, kicking and clawing to get where they wanted to be in Northeast USA. Um, the Patriot, New England Patriots wore their, their red uniforms this week, dominated the Lions 29-0, and they kicked five field goals to get to that point. And, you know, naturally, uh, what is it, January 6th? Is that the date? That's the date that's on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I have whatever the date is muted on Twitter, so I haven't seen it in, in a while. But, you know, those those Patriots wearing their, their red hats, they, they kick through the doors. They clawed past the security guards just to get to where they wanted to be. Um, I, I was trying to come up with a parallel between Bill Belichick and, and Donald Trump inspiring these Patriots, but uh, I couldn't, couldn't quite tie those strings together. So, yeah, that's my least surprising surprise. Uh, I'm really glad that you made that connected to the, you know, the insurrection rather than the revolution, uh, because I was, I was going to have to hate to bring up the fact that, you know, the British were wearing red in that matchup, but yes, yes. Patriots wearing red, stomping on the door in DC. Greatly surprising surprise. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't think about the British much. I'm all, all American. Um, I do not support the insurrection, but it, it, Came in nice for me, making this least surprising surprise. So for that, I'm thankful. Um, and before I dig dig my dig my hole too deep, uh, I think it's time that we move on to our season total showdowns. So one AFC team, one NFC team. Your Cowboys pick is looking the worst by far. Other than that, I think we've we've been off to a pretty good start. So what's it going to be for you this week, Tyus? Yeah, so I'm going to continue with your theme of digging holes that you can't get out of, and I'm going to take two unders here. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to take some wisdom from our three bets portion of the show in that, you know, I seem to find the most success when I'm just copying you, uh, Connor. So my picks today are both two picks that you have already made. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about them. But my AFC is the Steelers under 7.5. Uh, they just look miserable. I have no faith in them going forward. Got walloped by the Bills. Walloped. Um, and then the NFC, I'm taking the Panthers under 6.5. Lost and still can't score 17 points. Matt rules out, which, you know, started to give me hope. But then I saw their interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, last year. Do you know what he was doing last year, Connor? Uh, unfortunately, I do know what he was doing. Uh, but you can go ahead and tell the audience. Yeah, all right, audience. Uh, buckle in. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator for your Missouri Tigers. Uh, just, you know, a defense that finished dead last in any, like, rushing categories uh, for statistics. Um, so he's a terrible college coach, and now he's going to take his hand at the NFL. So I'm sure that won't go poorly at all. Uh, so Panthers under six and a half. Connor, what are your picks? Yeah, uh, the Steelers pick are easiest thing in the world. The biggest thing I'm confused by, I I think if I'm the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, I would have held out Kenny Pickett till after that Bills game. Um, it was brutal having him to start that. I didn't, like, I test, he didn't look awful, yet he still only scored three points. The Bills defense is legit. Um, I'm interested to see where Kenny Pickett does, but there's no way they can get to eight wins. So, like, like both the picks, I already have them, like you said. Uh, mine this week, from the AFC, 
I'm taking an under. I'm taking the Denver Broncos under nine and a half. Um, tough division. The Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, they already lost to the Raiders. Uh, so the schedule is not easy, and good God, their offense is terrible. So defense is still good, but I just don't think there's any way they can get to 10 wins. Um, and then in the NFC, I'm taking one that this is probably the closest we've gotten to already being a lock, and that's the New York Giants over six and a half wins. So they're already four and one, just need to get three more wins throughout the rest of the season. Uh, they look good. They're grinding out wins. The offense is going. The defense is going. So like no major holes. I, I not buying into them like being a playoff team necessarily, but the, I don't see a way where they don't get to, to seven wins. Yeah, the only thing I say about the Giants uh, is that I don't think anything has really changed from last year other than just their coaching is way better. So I still think they have a ton of limitations. And every game they've won has kind of been like a grinded out win and coming down to the wire, and they've pulled it through. And so I don't know how long that's going to stick around, but yeah, I mean, only three more wins is is certainly conceivable, so I don't hate it. Yeah, and in my eyes, like they've had a lot of injuries, and a coach is a big deal, especially vibes, right? When you can get off to sure. a four and one start and you can win these games, you you tell yourself you can, and I think that just it snowballs. So we'll see how that goes, but but that wraps up our NFL segment. You're fucking crazy, but I can't turn down free money. You got a bit. Okay, it is three bets time. Quick recap from last week. Um, you know, all is right in the world. We're back to normalcy here. Uh, I just have two great picks. Tennessee absolutely steamrolled. Uh, who'd they play again? LSU? LSU. Yeah, LSU. Texas steamrolled Oklahoma. Uh, I had them in both of those. You tailed both of those. Off to a great start. And then what I predicted last week was going to happen after you tailed me on the Eagles, they were going to win and not cover to where Tyus is perfectly happy and I am perfectly sad. Um, so, yeah, I went 2-1. and one. Tyus tailed the Eagles pick, so he went 3-0. and uh, it's, it's getting out of hand how good Tyus is at this. But just uh, again, before you at me, two and one's a good record. I'm I'm up up a unit. So, uh, without for any recap on last week, Tyus. No, it's just this is the least that the Eagles have let me down in my entire life as a fan uh, this season. So I'm a little bit nervous how well it's going. This might have been I may have been you know cashing too much here, and, and I might regret it later. But things feel right in the world again. So so I'm ready to get this week going. All right. Well, with this week, I last week had a few road teams. This week, I'm going all three home teams. So my first one, riding the hot hand, I'm taking Tennessee plus seven and a half versus Bama. Um, Texas A&M was able to keep it close. Tennessee, I they've looked really good. Uh, I think seven and a half is an easy uh, easy cover for the Vols. Uh, I'm actually going to fade you on this one. Um, I think this is a classic. Again, I don't like to bet against Belichick Saban. Uh, I think this is a classic Alabama. If they had smacked A&M last week, you know, maybe, you know, Tennessee keeps it close. I don't have any, I don't have enough faith in them that I think they can win. I really don't. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'm surprised. Um, but since they just had a scare and they had a scare earlier this year with Texas, I think Saban's going to have them fired up and, uh, it's going to be a statement game for them. So I'm taking Alabama. Yeah, I hate betting against Saban, too, but this one, it's going to be easy. All right, next pick, going to the NFL. Only one college game this week. Taking the Bears, minus one versus the Commanders. 
Um, the Bears get a lot of flack. Justin Fields get a lot of flack. But what that team can do is they can run the football. Um, and they've got a good defense. The Commanders have just shown they're going to choke away games. This is basically a pick them at minus one, and I trust the Bears at home to get it done. Yeah, Carson Wentz is still the quarterback of the Commanders. Um, I think Ron Rivera even threw him under the bus. I think he said, what's, so they asked him, what's the difference between your team and the rest of the NFC East? And he flat out said the quarterback. So might be coaching for his job at this point, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, yeah, that was an all, all-timer by Rivera. Um Okay, last pick. Monday night football. Chargers versus the Broncos. This line was the most surprising of them all. I'm taking Chargers minus five at home versus the Broncos. Better team. Broncos suck. They can't score. The Chargers have been moving the ball well all season. Chargers minus five. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to tell you. And two and one's the recipe for success for me, so I'm going to tell you again. Uh, yeah, I think... That the offense has not been the problem for the Chargers. The Broncos flat out stink. I, I don't know how it gets better this week. I'll tell you. All right. Well, we will keep track of that. Also, be ready uh, either this week or next week. We're going to do a full season long, uh, you know, catch up recap of three bets, see where we're lying. Uh, but that covers this week's segment. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful. And so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people. And neither do we. All right. It is time for our favorite segment of the show. This is Starting Five. Uh, and this week, we're going to kind of switch it up into a, a new category, kind of show you all that uh, there's more to us than just sports and movies. We're talking a little history here on the podcast. Uh, so this week's Starting Five question is historical figures that you'd like to trade places with. Now, there's a lot going into this, so we're going to kind of unpack it in a second um, before we dive in. But before we get there... Uh, we want to introduce our guest. Uh, this week's guest is a dear friend of both Connor and I's. His name is Grant Adams. He's a great lover of history, but we thought he's an even better fit for this uh, this week's starting five because he reasonably should want to trade lives with pretty much anyone. So so he'll be a perfect match. So Grant, <laughs> you want to say hi to the audience? Hey everybody, thanks for having me on. I'm really honored to be here live in studio. It's great to see you guys again. Yeah. Always nice to see you, Grant. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, the, the premise here, Historical figure, Tyus decided to define historical figure as someone that you would be likely to find in a history textbook or at least a textbook of some some sort. So basically someone you learn about in school. Um, so yeah, five rounds and any other rules I'm missing out or are we good to go? The only other one is that like you have to experience all the experiences that this person had in their life. So you can't say, oh, I'm going to be Hitler and not kill all the Jews. That's lame. Uh, well, saving the Jews is not lame, but the is lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you live the life as they did. You can't you can't change the world in any way. So exactly, exactly. Um, we we went ahead and did the wheel of names already, and Tyus has the first pick. So Tyus, who's he going to be? All right, uh, my first pick. This is a tough one to go first, I think, because you can just go so many different directions. I'm building the excuses now, uh, but my first pick is going to be the one and only. Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon. He stuck it to those commie bastards. Uh, and I just think, you know, when you ask little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Besides president, everyone always says astronaut. And I think astronaut is such a cooler job than president. I think the view of being on the moon would be unbelievable for that first time. Being that first person to just experience that would be overwhelming, breathtaking. Um, the other thing about Neil Armstrong, 
uh, is that you're not recognizably famous. So like I could go to buy groceries at the store without being mobbed. Like no one would know that I'm Neil Armstrong, which would be really cool. Kind of keep that uh, privacy. Um, and then finally, I think there's just an unbelievable opportunity for dad jokes with the whole one small step for man bit. Uh, I think that would be would be really, really fun. So Neil Armstrong is my pick. Are we sure he actually did it? Um, that, that's my biggest con. I'm not, I'm not entirely bought in that he actually did step on the moon. Um, but in all honesty, I am not a big space guy at all. I'm not really interested in space, but actually being able to step on the moon is something that I think is like pretty freaking cool. So very, uh, understandable one, one. Yeah. I had him on my list too, Tyus. It's a great pick. Uh, I think it's cool to like deliver one of the most recognizable lines of all time and just to be the first person ever to like step foot on the moon and look back at the little earth, that would just be an incredible, incredible moment. Um, and that was like one of the other things I was thinking of with picking these guys is the experience itself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like having cool moments like that, that only certain people get to have in the history of our world. Yeah. And only one person gets to be first. Like I think every single human throughout the entirety of, of mankind has known what the moon is to, to some extent, right? They've seen it. And so like being the first person to be on there, uh, you'll be remembered forever. So that's my pick. Uh, Connor, I think you are next. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm going to take something along a similar vein here. And it's uh, it's something that, in my opinion, might even be cooler to, to discover than the moon. And that is the entire western United States. I'm taking a duo. I think it's fair. And I'm taking Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. Um, a lot of things here. They got to just discover new things and map out the world and like draw pictures uh they got to ride in a little boat with Sacagawea who by all accounts is a certified babe um I just think that their life was super cool it was like super adventurous and it was an ongoing adventure right obviously Neil Armstrong stepping on the moon you know huge one big crazy adventure but they they set out the United States the country that we love so I'm taking Lewis and Clark assuming that's allowed to pair them together yeah, definitely. I think that's a good pick too, Ty, or uh, Connor. The only thing that I thought about when I was thinking about them is uh, it'd be really annoying to like be whacking through bushes and stuff with no path, and the mosquitoes would probably bite like crazy. But other than that, good pick. Bugs was my comment too. Like, I think the adventure would be awesome. It seriously was. Like, I don't know. It's nice knowing you're coming back from that, so you can't be scared about where the hell am I. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of spiders out there in the wilderness. I don't know if that's for me. And they didn't have bug spray back then, I would assume. So yeah, uh, one thing I didn't consider good, good con there, but all right, Grant, we'll, uh, we'll go to you for the wraparound. Great. Um, so I got two here, my first one, and this was my one, one, uh, I'm going with King Solomon of the Bible. Uh, (laughs) he is by all accounts, the richest man to ever live. Probably he, uh, during his, uh, his reign, he was offered $40 billion a year in like taxes and offerings uh, in gold. Uh, he would have been worth over $2.2 trillion. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Speaking of certified babes, I mean, a couple of those got to be absolute certified rockets, right? Yeah, the law of numbers uh, he dated, there. Yeah, he dated the Pharaoh's, rock, or the Pharaoh's daughter. And then he's also the author of like Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, some really solid books. And additionally, he literally talked to God in a dream. So, uh, you know, the the model for wisdom, the model for uh, perhaps human leadership, I'm going with King Solomon all the way. 
Yeah, I think that's a great way. You know, a lot of people with with that wealth have a lot of good cons, like strong cons, where it's like, I don't know if I want to really go through that. But, you know, I, I think that's a good pick. The only thing I would say, um, didn't get to enjoy many luxuries of the world uh, such a long time ago that, you know, like he never got to watch like Red Zone. Um, neither did Lewis and Clark, but just, just a lot of say. things. A lot of things there. But Lewis and Clark got to do more than that. They got to, you know, so... They sailed. They sailed the Pacific, baby, the Atlantic. Fuck. Um, they might not even did that. Were they here? They, they had to have come over at some point. They weren't born here. Yeah, so they came over at some point. I'm right. Fuck you guys. Uh, yeah, too too old is the only con for King Solomon. I, I, I'm. I just can't get over the fact that despite everything that was just said there, that we could unpack that the, the only luxury that Connor was able to think of was NFL Red Zone <laughs> over the last 2,000 years. <laughs> Jay, we're recording uh, this on Tuesdays, yeah, fresh I, top of mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no cons. Uh, the only thing I have to say is Grant, former roommate of mine, um, anytime our other roommate and I would be arguing over a meal, it makes a lot of sense that Grant would always want to cut it in half and have a split it. So, so yeah, I like to pick in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Connor, that that was another interesting thing I weighed a lot during this thinking process is like the cool life of living or um, like not having air conditioning. You know what I mean? It's kind of tough to balance those two things. Air conditioning uh, is a good luxury. Yeah, it's a great luxury. All, All right. right, with my second pick here, I'm going to go with uh, my perhaps my favorite American of all time, uh, an overall amazing person who lived a crazy life, Theodore Roosevelt. Um, he uh, was obviously president in the early 1900s. He was a war hero in Cuba. He uh, was elected governor of New York and became president all within three years. Um, I really respect that uh, on the same day, you know, tragedy struck his life and his wife and his mom both died on the same day. And he went and he like bought a ranch in South Dakota and lived there and worked the ranch for a couple years. And they decided he's going to change the world. And so he did, you know, he went out and did all this stuff. But all in all, his greatest achievement in life is the fact that he saved football as we know it. Uh, as you guys may know, in the early 1900s when he was president, Harvard and Yale were coming under big controversy for this new sport that they were making popular because of all the barbaric violence that came with it. And he really helped strike a deal to help uh, save the sport and keep it popular. So without Teddy Roosevelt, I don't know if we have football today. So, you know. Uh, you did a lot of, you did a great job dressing up this pick grant uh and those are all good reasons but i think i'm going to get right to the heart of the pick uh and you've just always wanted to carry a big stick so so that's your teddy that's your teddy that's right yeah that's right yeah i think he, he did a great job in night at the museum too as an actor so um yeah just a uh, good pick i think it's i think getting a president as one of your five is something that you almost have to do you know, there's there's some cons with being a president, but he's a good one to have if if you're going to get one. So that mustache, just incredible. Oh yeah, the look, Great the mustache. look for sure. Okay, just um, don't look into uh, policies towards Latin America, but that's we'll end there. Go ahead, Connor. <laughs> uh, okay, for my second pick, I'm going to take one that I'm pretty sure you guys were not going to take, uh, but I really want it, uh, and that is Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Um, <laughs> This dude had a great life, and I'll get to the core of why I'm choosing him. I don't think there were many historical, you know, militaristic, so to speak, figures 
that have as much glory, as many people remember them, know a lot about them with as little responsibility, right? He wasn't a general. He didn't have to make any big decisions. His life probably wasn't that stressful, but he came through in the biggest moment possible, and he saved us from those British tyrannists. Um, there's poems about him. There, He got to ride a horse. Uh, I actually visited his house earlier this summer in Boston, so I'm going to get ahead of this. The one con is that he had like a shit ton of siblings in a really small house, and you can see that as a con. But what I see that is a guy who's close with his family, has some good relationships, uh, and, and Boston's a cool place. So Paul Revere, give him to me. Where does riding a horse fall on your spectrum of no bug spray to NFL red zone in terms of luxuries? Um, it's more of a, it's, yeah, I would say it's closer to the, the bugs. It's just, everybody could do it. You just need to have a good horse, but not many people got to ride horses through cobblestone streets, you know, uh, and sit at the top of a lighthouse. Those are things that, that he really got to experience. So. Yeah. Decent pick. The only criticism I'd have is today. He'd definitely be a Patriots fan Him being a Patriot and also being from Boston. And so that's a pretty big knock for me. Um, yeah, and that could pick. Yeah. Uh, my only other thing is, do we know much about his life other than the ride? Like, that'd be a great, you know, rush for a couple hours. And then I feel like he's fairly insignificant otherwise. Yeah, I he was. he was, And that's part of the, the allure to me, is his life was did not have much, like, stress and, and hardship. I said he came from humble beginnings. He was just an ordinary guy. But he went down in history, and he had a really cool moment. So, yeah. I think it's something to do with the Boston Marathon or not Marathon, uh, Boston Massacre too. Like uh, he might have painted the picture, but yeah. All right, I wouldn't have picked him, but I, I see your reasoning there. Uh, so that brings him back to me, right? Two in a row. Yep. Okay. So my first of these two picks is going to be uh, going to go outside America, and I'm going to take King Louis the Fourteenth the sun king of France. Uh, and so this is this is predating the French Revolution, uh, but just a couple of fun facts about King Louis XIV. Uh, he, w- he lived to be 77, which is pretty old for you know, a medieval, uh, early modern king. Uh, and he lived and created the palace of Versailles uh, outside Paris, which is just opulence personified. Have you ever seen pictures? It's just these huge, you know, Big buildings with you know awesome stained glass windows, uh, lots of great food, lots of gardens and fountains. Sick place to live. Um, he would throw massive parties with all the nobility uh, and just like you know completely disregard the peasants, which sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and was pretty much just like the absolute monarch of absolute monarchs. So he his word was gold. He was literally totally in control of of the French country uh, as much as one person could be. Um, uh, another cool thing uh, is he had some like great writers from history, uh, Moliere and Racine, like writing for him. So they, they make plays and stories just at his whim, which is kind of cool. Uh, so always entertained. Um, the one con I have for King Louis XIV, he had to marry his first cousin, um, but he had lots of mistresses as well. So you know, we can get past that. Yeah, honestly, I don't know much about him, uh, but banging your cousin is kind of a weird, weird thing. Um, but who hasn't, who hasn't had to, to go through something like that, especially in that era. So, you know, a small thorn and a big yeah, rose bush. If it's good enough for a Targaryen, it's good enough for us, right? Exactly. exactly. The only other yeah, thing he, I would say, yeah. I'm assuming King probably had one of those big nasty wigs, probably got pretty sweaty and gross. 
Probably. Uh, back to the bugs comments, there's probably some bugs in there as well. So, you know, I wouldn't really want to wear that thing around, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. And those probably only for public appearances, right? And, and portraits. But and, yeah, and for annoying. banging his cousin. Fair point. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so my next, what's that? Go ahead. Second pick. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, we can cut that part. Uh, my next pick is going to be, is going to be, uh, I don't think he'll be on your list either, but I want to make sure I get him. Uh, I'm going to go with William the Bill Shakespeare, the bard. Uh, pick three. Uh, and so my reasoning is pretty short on this one. Uh, number one, I would just like love to be able to experience thinking like he does and just like have such a mastery of language. Uh, I think just like we, Grant, you talked about experiences earlier, you know, man on the moon, that sort of thing. I think just experiencing thinking like him would be awesome. Uh, two, he married Anne Hathaway. Sign me up for that. She's not my first cousin. Uh, and three, uh, his life, his life was just writing plays and everybody loved them. So like literally he's just like getting to be creative all day and everyone's a fan. So he's successful. He's making money. He's happy. Shakespeare's my pick. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, Ty. I had him on my list as well. Uh, I love that he knew he was great at the time. There's so many artists, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to do like Louis Van Gogh or, or Vincent Van Gogh, whatever his name is. I mean, like these people who had greatness within them to experience that, but they didn't know they were special at the time. And he did, you know, he had what, 39 plays and just incredible, incredible person. And imagine the pickup lines that he would be able to spew out at any time or the, or the jokes just with his clever wit, right? Yeah. He'd have one heck of a podcast. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Not much to add. Think it's a, think it's a just fine pick. Um, so yeah. I'll go ahead and, and go to my next one here. Trying to trying to get a little strategic. Um, I know Grant already dipped his toe in the Bible, but I'm going to do the same here. Uh, and I'm taking Peter. Uh, I think he's maybe the second second biggest figure of the New Testament. The biggest figure has a lot of cons. Um, Would have been cool, but <laughs> but uh, but Peter got to experience almost all the pros of of that main character of the new testament but but he got to experience it out of the limelight with no pressure um you know he he did have to hide his faith sometimes and do these things but i think one of the things that that gets overlooked is getting to witness the miracles is almost as cool as getting to do it because you're surprised right the witness doesn't know what they're doing and they're just in awe and and i think that is is something that's really cool uh he didn't have the the nicest death himself, but I think Peter is uh, just got to experience some of the coolest things that the world has ever seen. Yeah, I was gonna say he was crucified as well, right? Just upside down. <laughs> yes, yeah, but uh, I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil a con of Jesus here, um, and that is Jesus never got <laughs> to sin. Um, he not once got to 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 <laughs> dabble in the dark side, right? Peter got to got to test himself. You know, he was a holy man, but he he got to indulge in some of the the world's offerings, um, and he didn't didn't starve himself for forty days. So those are some of the the just quick things that I think Peter has the uh, leg up on in the New Testament. Yeah, Dick, good pick. Uh, I could personally never be a fisherman myself. Uh, I'd imagine he had a sick tan though. Ano yeah, another cool water would be awesome. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, Grant, two more for you. All right, next up, I'm feeling pretty good. This is my uh, this is my third choice. 
Um, I'm going with Leonardo da Vinci, Renaissance man defined. Uh, He was an expert at anything he ever tried. He's painted three of the probably most famous paintings of all time. He had all these crazy inventions, right? He was the first person to conceptualize human flight. He thought about tanks, solar power, parachutes, giant crossbows. Uh, Another one I had that's little known is he was the first person that theorized friction. Uh, And so, you know, he pretty much invented friction for us. So that's good. Um, And then he lived in beautiful places. You know what I mean? Florence, Italy, Milan, Venice, Paris. Not such a bad life after all. Uh, And it'd just be really cool to be able to do anything in the world and just have it turn to gold immediately, right? Uh, Any thought you have is good. And uh, he's left-handed as well. I'm left-handed. So all good things to me. Yeah, I uh, I didn't have... Pretty cool if you're okay with... Go ahead, Ty. I was going to say... Pretty cool if you're okay with being a nerd. Uh, but otherwise, I like the reasoning. Yeah, yeah. I think I I didn't have too many you know people in the art world other than Shakespeare and Da Vinci. Uh, and I think one thing that's really cool about Da Vinci, like you like you addressed, is just how versatile it was. He wasn't a one trick pony. Um, you know, he like was brilliant in all in all facets of life. So I like the pick. Okay, and uh, so next on coming around the snake. My next pick, and this one might be a bit of a stretch. So if it is, call me off. I got plenty of other good picks. I'm going with Magic Johnson, the uh, the point guard. Uh, went to Michigan State in the Lakers. The reason I think he belonged in a textbook. Hear me out here, is he is the first heterosexual male that was super famous at HIV, and because of that, he's you know in the news all the time. He really pushed along, uh, you know, like STD talk in America and making it less. Uh, hush hush and helping a lot of people along the way so i understand it might not work but what do we think i would veto personally okay yeah i i would say not in textbooks as well but if you want to give yourself hiv then be my guest uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay all right we'll, we'll skip out johnson you just cut that part uh my next pick here is uh instead i'm going to go for uh, you know, as a future aspiring attorney, I'm going to go with who I think is perhaps the best attorney in American history, Thurgood Marshall. Uh, right. We have uh, Thurgood was born in 1900s. And so he's going to have a lot of the modern sensibilities that we have today. Uh, but also he changed his world for the better. Right. He experienced segregation as a child and he decided to do something about it. And he used his brilliant mind and his brilliant oratory skills. He won 29 Supreme Court cases about uh, discrimination and not only that, but he joined the court himself, right? As a lawyer, that's the highest job in the land, working on the Supreme Court. And it would be incredible to be able to look back on my life and be able to point out all of the incredible, amazing differences I made for a community and for a country, making so many people's lives better and knowing that because of me, there's millions and millions upon people who are inspired and living better lives because of it. Um, so I think it's just an amazing example of someone using their talents to the fullest extent. And he's brilliant and he's doing the job I want to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of a life that would feel more meaningful or fulfilling or purposeful. So, yeah, I, I got nothing against that pick. I think it's great. Yeah, good pick. Hadn't considered it at all, really. But I, I think, like, being a judge, Supreme Court justice, you're getting to, like, wield a lot of power uh, without as much stress as some of the other positions. And the power is, like, a, a power for justice, not a power for, like, I'm going to do what I, you know, want to do. So interesting, interesting wrinkle there. I like it. Um, absolutely okay and then coming around the snake here didn't you just take two uh, right didn't you already pick. take two it, connor's pick connor's 
Yeah. Oh, so I got vetoed, so I get knocked all the way back, or how's that work? You got Da Vinci. Oh, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> like um, move. that would have been good though we almost let it slip um okay almost. my next pick uh is going to be i want a president and there's one that i want and it's ronald reagan um ronald reagan college football player at a small school so you know he was big man on campus eureka college in illinois um he was an actor and then he became governor of california and president uh, I think he's one that most people like look back fondly on policy wise. You can you can poke some holes, but I think most people don't hate Ronald Reagan. Um, I would not poke holes on any of, of his policies personally. Let the record show. Uh, but I think there's very few people where you get to dip your toes here in the the Hollywood world and the political world. So this is more of a value play for me, just being able to, to experience both of those things through one life. Yeah, no, uh, no holes to poke in the policy at all. I think that everything he did was great for this country. Uh, for those that can't tell, that was a little bit of sarcasm. But yeah, no, Hollywood star. He was the most popular president at the time of his presidency, so that must have felt good. All in all, a very handsome dude. Oh, and Nancy yeah, again. I, I think we're just talking Nancy Reagan, certified babe. Or and yeah, I think if we're just talking experiences, uh, yeah, all of those experiences would be like. I'm sure he enjoyed them as he was living his life uh which is yeah i makes it a good pick all right to you tyus all right um, to me yeah um so i'm at a bit of a crossroads here i got a couple of picks i could make i am gonna go uh with a bit of a legacy pick here uh so i took king louis before because of kind of the party and the fun uh and the debauchery i'm gonna get serious here with my fourth pick and i'm gonna take Justinian the Great, uh, one-time emperor of the Byzantine Empire. Uh, and like I said, this is the last he picked because he did a lot of good. Uh, so he codified a lot of laws, uh, a lot of which were fighting against rapists and the sex trade. Uh, I'll come out and say it. I don't like those things. Uh, he also <laughs> brought along the church at a very tumultuous period of time. Uh, and so that's pretty cool. Uh, but there, there's other things about his life that I think would make it like fun. And he also has those experiences built in. Uh, so his wife, Theodora, was an absolute ride or die. Uh, so she was an actress and possibly a prostitute uh, when he first met her. Uh, but he like defied social convention in order to marry her, which is like just an awesome like you know romance love story on all, already. Uh, but then like she was like very instrumental in his policy too. So she like advised him. Uh, and there's this rebellion that went on called the Nika riots uh, during his reign. And he was gonna flee. He's like, well, you know, that's it. I I'm out of here. They've won. And she's like bitch no you're not you're staying uh and she stayed and made him like fight him off uh which is pretty cool um another cool thing is in the byzantine empire there were these chariot leagues it was basically the nfl of you know ancient post-rome uh and he was like the like there are four teams and they're based on colors the two big ones were the blues and the greens uh and they're like they're very tied into politics and what whatnot but he was like pretty much the owner of like the blues chariot team uh and so we've talked before on the show about how awesome it would be to own a sports team he was doing it before it was cool uh so justinian is my pick yep you're too nerdy for me nothing to say but seems like a really cool life uh that's all i got yeah sounds sounds good obviously uh we've talked about the no air conditioning thing but Seems like he had a great family life and a great political life as well, so that's pretty sick. Yeah, here's the thing I'll say about the no AC, is I think if you've never experienced it, you, it wouldn't be as bad as we think. Mm. 
maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, but, but, anyway. but we've experienced it. So if we went to their <laughs> lives, it would be worse, right? I don't know. All right, who are you taking, Swaya, for your? This is the last round, right? Last pick. Yeah, this is my last pick, uh, and I'm going to go with any man who had a relationship with Cleopatra. I don't think I have to explain that at all. <laughs> Pandering pick. Bonk. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that I think that's a good parallel to your first pick of Neil Armstrong, where just a one-off experience can really make an entire life worth it. So, uh, yeah, I, there are there are other women I probably would have chosen over this, but the the spirit behind the pick is a good one. Cough, Ana de Armas. Cough, cough. <laughs> She's not in history books yet. All right, Connor, it's over to you. Okay, my last pick. Um, Things got very righteous this draft. A lot of people took people that, you know, were good guys, that did a lot of good for the world. And those are all things that I would like in life. But there's there's a different type of, of life that I want to live, and that is the life of Scarface Al Capone. Um, not righteous at all. Not righteous at all. I get that. You're going to – don't even try to con me with that. But this guy yielded so much power. He ran organized crime in Chicago – for forever he was super wealthy he could just tell people what to do and they would do it um some little littler known things lesser known things he went to alcatraz once he got once he got put up um i think just like spending it spending some time in alcatraz is something that you know for a long period of time wouldn't want to do but a short stint is something that not many people get to do in life so that's a big thing um he was a bartender uh just uh, a very fun, powerful life uh, that that is unlike anything uh, that we've picked. Yeah, uh, I'm shocked that being sent to Alcatraz made your pro list. Um, but yeah, I definitely see the appeal. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, a short reign, but a bright one um, for, for good allow. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, I looked him up. I thought about it. Uh, I like the Robin Hood angle. You know, a lot of people in his community did love him. Uh, it's just he was only on top for less than 10 years and he died super young. So I don't know that I'd trade my hopefully long life for that, but awesome dude to learn about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you know what, as all good mobsters do, he did do some good for the world. That's how they get through while they can is they, they, they build up a community. They do a lot of good for the community. Just don't cross them. So um, maybe not so unrighteous after all, but grant, take it away with Mr. Irrelevant. All right, so here I, uh, you know, might be pulling a curveball here because it's actually going to be Mrs. Irrelevant. Uh, you know, I was really thinking about a lot of different ways we could go with this, and I'm going to go with Zhang Yi Sao, who I don't know if you guys know is also known as the Pirate Queen. She was uh, on our list. <laughs> she lived in the late 1700s, early 1800s, uh, and she's incredible because she led the Pirate Confederation which at its peak was 40 to 60,000 pirates over 400 ships. Um, like Ty was talking about earlier with Justinian, she helped establish new rules, kind of governing morality and respecting women's rights when it comes to piracy. Um, and so all in all, like very kind of a moral leader, as we can tell from uh, the pirate world. And then at the end of her life, she found a great end. She you know, was never really prosecuted for her crimes. She was able to retire to a beautiful little beach village where she ran a gambling house um, so basically she was just the bookie for the rest of her life, still making a bunch of money, probably nice and peaceful. 
Um, and all in all, just had a lot of respect and seemed like a great life. Yeah, she was on my list as well. Uh, I think her life would be really fun. The fact that she had no consequences for pirating is awesome. Uh, the only th con I had was scurvy. I don't wouldn't want to deal with that. Um, yeah. Great point. I, uh, I've never heard of her, so you two both having her on our list makes me feel uncultured. Um, but being a pirate is sweet, and being able to play with boobs anytime you want is even sweeter. So uh, the curveball was a fucking backdoor slider uh, that, uh, that we're going to ring him up on. I like the pick a lot. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Loads of booty for Grant's pick. Uh, <laughs> sweet. Uh, any honorable good? mentions? I have a couple here. Go for it. I had, uh, similar to, to Peter, I had Paul the Apostle, uh, you know, almost single-handedly responsible for uh, spreading Christianity to the ancient world, uh, an amazing orator. You know, he was great at, like, giving speeches and convincing people uh, of this new religion, which I think is incredible. Uh, unfortunately, he did get beheaded, uh, and he didn't like women very much, so I don't know that his lessons stand up to modern sensibilities. <laughs> My only one that I had left was Carnegie. Uh, I wanted like a stupid rich guy and most of them had like on their Wikipedia page that they were anti-Semites, but Carnegie did not have that tag. So that's why I landed on Carnegie. There we go. He, he was actually on my list too. Uh, and my thing with him was he got to live the life of being a rich guy and then he donated all his money right before he died. So he gets the credit for doing a good thing, even though it didn't like affect his, his state really? of life. Uh, my only other one was my Bible pick was just king david i feel like he would kill goliath Bathsheba, babe um father to solomon some may say i'm grant's dad oh not me the only <laughs> other one that i had uh albert einstein uh it would have been incredible to uh, be that nerdy and that smart just for a little while and also people loved him you know usually the people who are way smarter than us patronize us and are very annoying but uh, all of his students and everybody loved einstein so cute old man and he failed like second grade and it's just it get, giving everyone hope for the rest of school. comeback story for the ages. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this week's starting five. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and let's cue the beer song. Hold it right there. Not quite yet. Tyus, we need a recap. I'm my apologies to everyone. You most of all, Connor. Uh, here's our quick recap of the starting five. We have Tyus taking Neil Armstrong, King Louis XIV, Sun King, William Shakespeare, Justinian the Great, and any lover of Cleopatra. Connor is taking Lewis and Clark, Paul Revere, Peter the Apostle, Ronald Reagan, and Al Capone. Grant, our wonderful guest, took King Solomon, Teddy Roosevelt, Leonardo da Vinci, Thurgood Marshall, and Zhang Yi Xiao, the woman pirate. Now, cue the beer tweet in town i spent much of my time working out lifting weights or hanging out and having some beers with friends animal house caddy shack and fast times at ridgemont high working out lifting weights too many beers automatic still is many nights i worked out with other guys Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Maura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. 
Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is. Forgot about you. Special shout out to Tommy McAndrews for replying to the tweet. Stay tuned for next week's.